0: Sure as God made green apples, someday the Chicago Cubs are going to be in a World Series. Here's the 0-1. This is going to be a tough play. Bryant, the Cubs in the World Series. You are locked on Cubs. Your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. But we didn't come here to drink beer. We came here to win this ball game. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I said to the Uber boy, I said. Me out with the crowd. What's going on, Cubs fans? You're listening to Lockdown Cubs, part of the Lockdown Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Sean Sears, and on today's episode, which is being recorded and posted on march 22nd we're talking about uh basically this cubs roster we've got some cuts this last week we're gonna kind of go through these final projections give you maybe an idea of who we think or at least me that, what i think at least uh the cubs roster will bro- boil down to with about a week Little over a week left here in spring training so far. So we'll touch on that in the first segment. Second segment, we're going to hit more on the Cubs pitching. We're going to talk more about the bullpen, the rotation, um, what we're expecting maybe from some of these guys, what we've seen so far. Touch on Adbert Alzali and his kind of strange option. That uh, is kind of probably decide how this rotation looks like more than likely in the second segment. Then we'll finish up the show talking about uh, the Cubs prospect that was caught with 21 pounds of meth in his Cubs duffel bag, apparently at the Arizona complex, as well as touching on the top MLB prospects from the MLB pipeline. They released their top 30 Cubs prospects. We're going to go through those and kind of give our thoughts as Where we see some of these rankings, some surprises, Christian Hernandez, the Cubs international prospect of this year, their top prospect they signed uh, is already the number four prospect on this list. He's jumped Ed Howard and all of the other shortstops the Cubs acquired from that Padres deal. So um, some fun stuff to talk about. So we'll wrap up the show talking about that, but I'm, uh, I'm excited to finally get back on a podcast and talk with you guys. I'm sorry. It's been so long. I, uh, We recently adopted a dog. Uh, We are in the process of trying to move. Uh, My girlfriend is also looking for another job, and my day job has just been kind of all over the place. So I have recorded episodes but not found the time to sit down and edit them, and I'm, I'm just really disappointed with myself. But I am going to be giving you guys five episodes this week, including a crossover episode with Jeff car from the lockdown Reds and then tomorrow's episode a portion of it will be my interview with Ethan Smith actually who was our division interview that we had last Wednesday Ethan actually posted the the same show on his site for the lockdown pirates but we talk about uh what to expect from this Pirates team. And Ethan's actually uh, got some interesting stuff to say about the Pirates and some of the future prospects they have, some of that rivalry we have with the Cubs. So I'll release that tomorrow. And then Wednesday we'll have an interview with Jeff Carr from Lockdown Reds. And that'll be it for our division crossovers. it will be the last one here for Lockdown Cubs. Kind of crazy that uh, that's all flown by here with the season about to start. But – Before we jump into our show here, I do have a quick word from our sponsor, Built Bar. Today's episode is brought to you by them, Built Bar. Head to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKDOWN15 to get yourself 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com promo code locked up locked 15 excuse me locked 15 i think the promos that i've got recorded later on in this episode say locked on it's locked 15 so i'll make sure to share that in the description so if you guys were interested in getting some built bars uh we'll make sure you got that active promo code but let's jump into this conversation here about this roster obviously the cubs made some cuts um uh, no one surprisingly moved from the roster i think the biggest name was probably uh Uh, Kyle Ryan. Um, So the roster as currently stands right now looks like this. Um, We've got the everyday core group of guys, probably being Wilson Contreras, Anthony Rizzo, Javier Baez, Chris Bryant, Jock Peterson, Ian Happ, Jason Hayward, and at the moment, Nico Horner looks like he's edging out David Bodie at that second base spot. Uh, Horner has hit and continued to hit pretty much throughout spring training. Uh, He... I think has an OPS above nine hundred right now. Um obviously that was incredibly high at one point. The nice thing is too, David Bodie's been hitting. He hit a couple home runs yesterday. He's up to three right now. He's got an OPS of twelve twelve. Uh, you know, pretty solid numbers through 30 plate appearances I think Bodie's right up there or maybe actually might lead I think he's actually no Javier Baez leads the team in plate appearances or at bats at least with 33 Bodie right there with him at 30 Jock Peterson hitting the ball well it's nice to see all that but uh Obviously Horner and Bodie are fighting for that final spot Horner's slash line right now through spring training batting 321 a 387 on base 536 slugging with an OPS of 923. he's got a home run on the season four RBI um, has three stolen or excuse me has three walks, two stolen bases uh, just one strikeout through 28 at bats for Horner 11 games so far. Um, that's pretty good. We're not seeing him strike out. We're seeing him put the ball in play. He's got nine hits so far this spring. That puts him, I think, at third or fourth. I think he's tied for third. There's a couple guys on the team with 10 hits. Bodie, Ildemaro Vargas, and I think Rizzo. Um, Peterson leads the team right now with 13 hits here, but that's kind of the conversation right now. I think that's really, that's, that's the one, I think, position where you're trying to figure out who's going to be that starter i think everything else is pretty much settled um right now that seems like that leaves the bench as austin romine jake marsnerick and david bode it sounds like the cubs were debating back and forth about whether or not they wanted to keep a four-man bench including a catcher so it'd be romine and three other bats if that were the case camber Mabin, could be a guy that maybe makes sense there he's not necessarily hitting this spring um but obviously the personality and the type of you know just the type of person he is ultimately you bring into your locker room that's a nice piece to have but yeah batting 214 a 491 on base not necessarily winning people over especially when you've got a guy like Michael Hermosillo who's still crushing the ball right now he's got an 1103 OPS uh granted just 13 at bats but 15 games he's getting in late in games and making damages he's striking out a decent amount not as bad as Javier Baez who's at 12 but you can kind of see where it might make more sense to go with someone else especially if maybe you know his best asset is his personality the what he brings to the clubhouse you've got a team full of veterans you really don't need that I guess um, I like Cameron Mabin. I hope he can find a way to make this team at some point. I think he's a fun guy to have and just a cool, cool guy to have on your team. But um, if the Cubs were then to decide to add, if they do want to go with that four-man bench and shorten the bullpen down to maybe nine guys instead of ten, the options right now, there's probably four of them um, that would get that final roster spot, either being Eric Silgart, Ildemar Vargas, uh, Matt Duffy, or Rafael Ortega. Ortega's on a minor league deal. He was invited to the big league camp this year. He's one of the names that's really kind of uh I think had some eye-opening moments and performances this spring, but probably still considered a long shot. Ildemar Vargas, he is out of options, so the Cubs would have to designate, designate uh, if I could talk, designate him for assignment, risk losing him. Uh, they really like his glove. He obviously adds a lot of versatility on the defensive end. Offensively, does seem to put the ball in play. He's a switch hitter, but he's much better from the right side than he is the left side, which is probably how the Cubs had a chance to get him this last offseason. But, um, you know, that, that's really kind of you're, you're kind of tossing it up there to decide if, if Vargas does, you know, hit from the left and right side. That's a big asset to have as a versatile switch hitting you know, utility guy that you could kind of plug in at any spot in the infield, especially the middle infield. The Cubs do need some shortstop depth, and Vargas could, at the very least, provide that if necessary. You have Nico Horner there, though, so probably Vargas at second, Horner at short if you need to give buys a day off. But shortstop depth is thin. That could maybe end up being how Vargas makes his team. And then finally, Sogart and Duffy, obviously both on minor league deals. It's kind of not very clear whether or not those guys would be open to taking minor league deals, there's a very good chance that the Cubs could probably present them with the option to head to the minors if they don't want to do that. They could then maybe try and see what other teams are showing interest if they could maybe snag a major league roster spot. Um, So that'll be something they consider. But neither Sogard or Duffy has really shown anything for the Cubs to think they absolutely need to keep them. Sogard, I think, has just gotten in a couple plate appearances. Um, Same with Jake Marschner. He hasn't Necessarily played a ton, um, but obviously if you're talking about who fits that profile the best as a fourth outfielder, uh, Jake Marshner is is that guy, better defensive guy, has shown signs of being a a pretty solid offensive player when playing regularly, and uh, uh, adds an element of speed this Cubs team just doesn't have, and that I don't don't think there's too many other guys, maybe Cam Mabin. Who could uh who could run as well as as Marjonek does there? So, that's probably a lock and a guy that you know I don't see him really not making this roster. It seems like the Cubs he, he started out slow. He was dealing with I think a calf or quad injury or something on the right side, and the Cubs are still confident that they think he'll be able to get up to speed with the you know at least they said last week in the final two weeks of spring training they felt comfortable with him getting there. So I guess the the only other real roster change you could see would be maybe if uh Austin Romine who's been hurt a little bit, um isn't you know well enough to start out the season. It sounds like P.J. Higgins would get a shot. He's having a pretty solid season so far in spring training. A 7.93 OPS. Um, he's got three RBI. Did hit a home run. Uh, four hits on the on the season so far. Four strikeouts, but three walks. He's definitely more patient hitter and definitely can do something at the plate um as opposed to a guy like uh jose lobaton who's who's not quite as athletic doesn't really provide much on the offensive end and uh defensively it's not like there's a significant improvement between him and higgins behind the plate so <coughs> excuse me it seems like pj higgins is that guy so if Roman can't go which we haven't seen him play uh you know <laughs> at all for the most part this year um yeah it seems like higgins is a guy the cubs feel comfortable with at least so that's that's really kind of how this roster is probably going to shake out. We've seen the cuts be made. We, we know that, you know, for the most part, the Cubs are either going to take another starter or go with four men on their, uh, on their bench. But kind of looking at things as things stands right now, it does feel like Nico Horner's going to probably get that shot to start at second base. And uh, it does also feel like as well that P.J. Higgins might end up getting a shot to be on this roster especially since we haven't seen austin romine really contribute anything quite yet this spring so those are kind of the two question mark positions everything else pretty much settled for the offensive side of the ball and if you look at the projected lineups we've seen some of these lineups the cubs have put together the last few days you could tell david ross is playing around with the idea of where to put contreras where to place bryant and rizzo it seems like the the can the consensus lineup has been pretty much hap contreras rizzo bryant um uh jock peterson is those five with with bias kind of coming in at six or seven depending of haywards in the lineup today's lineup here against the angels it's hap contreras who's the dh in this game peterson in left batting third bryant bias Bodie at second Cameron maven and right matt duffy at first and pj higgins doing the catch-in with keegan thompson getting the start here uh so, yeah, I, I mean, for the most part, it sounds like Ross is just kind of going with feel, who he's seeing, making those right adjustments, make, having the right approach at the plate. We've seen Chris Bryant. I know Ross was saying before Bryant hit his first homer of the season that he was having good at-bats. He was taking his walk, seeing good pitches. Um, it was just a matter of time until things started clicking. Um, then that same day he crushed a home run, a no-doubt home run, too, from Chris Bryant, too. So that was it was nice to see. It feels like Ross has an idea of what he wants his roster to look like. He's just trying to see, you know, what other options they have but I mean there wasn't really too many questions I guess at positions necessarily as it was just like who who the Cubs were going to get to fill those positions because it was pretty much left field and second base we just didn't know who was really going to play there now it seems like for sure Jock Peterson I think has cemented himself as, as probably an everyday starter in left field for at least the first month of the season and it looks like Nico Horner and David Bodie might do some type of platooning but ultimately Seems like Nico Horner's going to get the shot to win there. Defensively, he's the upgrade. And offensively, if Horner can continue to put the ball in play, um, that's a different type of contact. Bat the Cubs just don't have. Hey, lockdown fans. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV, for real updates on odds and props on. Almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use the mobile app device to sign up today and receive 50% off on a welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Use promo code LOCKEDON. All right, so let's swing on over to the pitching side of the ball. There's a lot of questions here, and it all kind of starts and ends with Adbert Al's lie. Um, it sounds like there was some type of litigation process going on right now where the Cubs are trying to figure out if Alzelay does truly have a player option. Um, I guess those are things that weren't quite settled um, with this last year, whether or not that counts, if they've used that option, those type of things. So um, they're trying to get that figured out. But essentially, if if uh, if Alzelay has an option, it sounds like he's probably going to get moved down to uh, – to Triple A at least for a moment, um, partially because he would have an option as opposed to like trying to send someone like Alec Mills down. Um, he does not have an option; would probably get picked up by another team too, looking for another back end starter. So the Cubs won't do that, but they also don't want to send Alzalai away if he doesn't have an option either. So they're getting that figured out, but it does seem like Alzalai needs a needs to work on his slider a little bit. That was such a dramatic separator for him when he had that slider that was pretty much the difference between whether or not he was finding success on the on the major league level um he needs to work on that a little bit more it just it's shown especially through spring training he can hang it quite a bit Uh, he's only thrown four innings so far so clearly there's some work that needs to be done but the nice thing is at least the cubs saw alzali have success while working on that slider just last year and the offside or on the uh the whatever you want to call it the satellite site for South Bend. So there's encouraging signs that Alzai can work through this. So it's not like a be all end all here, but it does seem like the rotation it, the Cubs came into the season with probably two, three spots settled with Hendricks Davies and uh Jake Arrieta. That's Zach Davies, by the way, not Kyle Davies. Uh, Trevor Williams has pitched well enough to where he looks like he's a lock in that fourth spot. So it really just is, does Mills, you know, can can you have a roster with Mills and Alzheimer? Yes. Can the Cubs possibly option Al's down to AAA, get him some more time? The season doesn't start in uh, for AAA until, I think, May 1st. So there'd be another month of just kind of probably working in the spring training facilities, uh, maybe working out with the i I'm assuming they have some type of workouts going on prior to the season. Um, I'm not sure how that works quite yet, but I would assume... He'd get sent down and, and they'd work with him for a moment or whatnot. So maybe he comes back before he even pitches in Iowa. Maybe they just need to get his slider right. They feel comfortable and slide him on. There's a situation where both Mills and Alzalai like, can both be on this team, though. Uh, both seem to be able to slide into that swingman role. Both the Cubs have said as much that they're both comfortable. They're comfortable with both those guys in that role. So. Um, You know, Elzla is going to be a factor in the 2021 season no matter what. Uh, It's just whether or not he's going to be on it to start the season is really kind of that question. So uh, looking at the bullpen, we've got five names I think you can probably mark down as locks, and that would be Craig Kimbrell, Brandon Workman, Jason Adam, Andrew Shafin, and Dan Winkler. Those five are, are probably locks. I would assume Jonathan Holder is likely in. He does have a minor league option, so it does give the Cubs some flexibility. Ryan Tapira will be a factor in this bullpen at some point this year. It's just whether or not he's going to be up to speed. So you've got two guys there. That's eight. Uh, Craig Kimbrell, he's, he's here. He's going to be here. Uh, Rowan Wick, who's expected to be the the, the setup man right now, he's hurt. Um, so it's a kind of a question whether or not he's going to be put on the sixty day, you know, sixty day IL, or whether or not you know it, it's a, just something they can work through here, but. It's an oblique injury. Um, It's still kind of an issue uh, that's going to kind of cloud things up here for Wick because he, obviously oblique injuries are things that can last. But if the Cubs are worried about putting him on the IL for 60 days or they need that roster spot, uh, it it can be tough to really – see how wick ends up getting back on this roster they could lose him you know there's a lot of things here but it, it doesn't seem like wick will be ready for the first two months of the season so it, they need to get this figured out with his oblique and figure out is this just going to be a couple weeks of an injury is this something that they need to stick him on the 60 day il because they, they need that roster spot so they're going to have to figure things out relatively quickly with wick and it I would assume more than likely he probably ends up on the IL for the start of the season, uh, which opens up a spot, but kind of also makes things a little confusing. Brad Wick seems like a guy that'll probably make this, make that final spot. Uh, Shelby Miller's been getting some shots. Trevor McGill pitched really well. He hit 96 a few times last week. Um, I don't, I just don't know. There's a lot of places like Dylan Maples is another guy who's been, you know, on this roster for a few years, we all know he's got a wipeout slider that he can't control uh, with a fastball that's near triple digits. He has, excuse me, he has control pretty much of the slider. Doesn't have much control over his uh, fastball. It's usually the opposite. Um, so there's options there in this bullpen. It's just kind of whether or not they're going to go with it. Now we know for sure uh, Kyle Ryan is going to start out the year in AAA. It sounds like he's not going to be on this roster. Rex Brothers is another lefty that could get a shot here along with Brad Wick and Andrew Shafin, but. It does feel like for sure we've got, you know, Kimbrel Workman, Winkler, Adam, and Shafin Shafin on this roster. I would say Holder and Tapir are guys that will be in this bullpen at some point this year. So you've got those two guys there. So realistically, you're trying to decide, do you want another lefty? Do you want Brad Wick or Rex Brothers? Do you want Trevor McGill? Do you think Shelby Miller can provide something? Um, It doesn't seem like he's going to be in this roster or in this rotation so maybe you know they make him a fastball slider guy and see if he can just get outs on those two pitches. Dylan Maples is another factor into this. There's a lot of guys here that you could kind of go either way with. So the Cubs will be paying attention heavily to those guys. We see Keegan Thompson getting a start today. He's not going to be considered for bullpen but could be a guy that gets a start later on in the season because they need depth there. So th- there's some options here but The encouraging signs here, I think, are that a guy like Brad Wick, who had some setbacks last year, is touching 92, 93, and getting some swing and miss on his fastball and curveball combination. Guys like Trevor McGill and and, uh, Dylan Maples have been hit to some extent. But we've we've seen the peripheral stats look good. We've seen the numbers just truly from from the velocity looking good. you know, there's, there's, there's arms here. The Cubs have some options and it's clear they've got a profiler looking at it right now. And, uh, you know, I, I'm honestly, I'm pretty confident Tommy Hoda So I'm, I'm, I'm all for what he's got going on with the bullpen. The rotation, I think uh, it, there's really just no reason. Edward Elzel, I should not be a part of it. You're going to probably need six, seven, eight starters anyway. So why not just put Mills and him on the line in the roster? Maybe the Cubs decide they want that extra bullpen spot. Maybe they want to, they go with a smaller bench. Maybe they go with a bigger bench and decide they don't need the swing man right now. Maybe, you know, maybe they think they can get a couple innings out of different guys. Who knows? There's, there's different approaches here, but they've got depth. Is it great depth? No, <laughs> but they have options here. There at least is a clear cut. If this guy can't make it, we'll give this person a shot type of thing. There's an infrastructure set up here with these arms. So I, I like that. That's always nice. You need options and you need people that are familiar with, you know, the type of approach you want these relievers to have. The Cubs have a, basically accumulated a lot of these arms these last few years now they've got them set up in their system getting where they feel comfortable hopefully they can just kind of plug and play with some of these guys throughout the season that's the approach we'll see if it explodes or not but (laughs) that's the approach for this Cubs bullpen and their rotation going into 2021 Hey guys, Sean Sears here from Lockdown Cubs to talk to you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar is one of the best tasting protein bars I've ever had. I know I talk to you guys about this all the time, but Built Bar is not only one of the best tasting protein bars with flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, it's the new one I've been trying. Uh, those are all new flavors, but they've got their original flavors too, like peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie. I love mint brownie. That's been my breakfast of choice the last couple of, year, or couple of years, or a couple years, a couple of months now, but the bars are 100% covered in chocolate, super easy to chew, soft, but the best thing about them is they're healthy. They're great for the health-conscious guy, uh, losing weight, whether that's losing maintaining weight. It's a nice treat to indulge yourself with. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-fiber, high-protein. It's great for the keto diet if you're trying to lose weight during – quarantine here right now but take for instance the uh cherry baraka 17 grams of protein 130 calories four grams of sugar four grams of net carbs that is incredibly healthy for you is good for you obviously but also tastes really good it's a nice snack to have throughout the day it's better than me chewing on like i don't know donut I'm a big fan of goldfish and chips and crackers. It's nice to be able to just eat one of these protein bars. I'm relatively full. I don't snack throughout the day, and I'm ready to eat dinner later on in the day. It's nice. I don't spoil my meal, and my girlfriend doesn't get mad at me when I don't want to eat the dinner she just made. But <laughs> Bilt Bar has the promo code locked on to get yourself 20% off your next order. So you head to BiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON. You save yourself 20% off your next order of Bilt Bars. They're delicious. They're nutritious. They're easy to bring anywhere on the go. Great snack for work from home. Head to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKDOWN, save yourself 20% off, and give these guys a shout-out. They've been doing awesome work for the Lockdown Network and are making some of the best protein bars you'll ever have. All right, here in our third and final segment here, we're going to touch on a couple quick things. Jesus Camargo, the Cubs prospect that got caught with 21 pounds of meth in his pack. Uh, As someone we need to talk about, he had apparently 21 pounds of methamphetamine, so meth, and 2.1 pounds of Oxycontin. Uh, Camargo, a 25-year-old who was an international signing prospect out of Mexico back in 2014, was slated to be, um, was expected to report to minor league spring training in about two weeks and was expected to be you know, open the season either in high in South Bend or double AA, A, triple A or double A, Tennessee, excuse me. So so supposedly Camargo was driving to Colorado in advance of spring training for reasons that aren't very clear. He was pulled over for speeding and drifting. The police apparently asked uh, Camargo, gave permission to search the car at that point. Canine found and alerted the officers the presence of drugs. So there was passengers in the car who were unidentified. They were released after they were determined they no longer. They had no knowledge of the drugs. But Camargo reportedly told the police a friend who lives in the capital city of Sinaloa, Mexico, sorry if I butchered that, called, uh, called him in Arizona on Tuesday and asked him to deliver a bag to Denver where he would be paid $500 on the delivery. Camargo said he thought the bag had contained shoes or clothing, but had previously said that he knew there were drugs in the bag. He just wasn't sure what kind, according to the police. So he's facing felony drug charges. Uh, Camargo will presumably be away from the organization for quite a bit as this is resolved. Uh, This is kind of crazy. The Cubs did release a statement. VP of communication, senior VP of communications, Jillian Green released a statement saying, "We are aware of the rest. Jeez, res, oh we are aware aware of the arrest of one of our minor league players. We are investigating this matter and cannot provide additional comment until we further until we have further details." So, I mean, obviously, the Cubs weren't aware that someone was <laughs> had meth in his team duffel bag and you know was driving around places with that. But um, yeah, I, I can't imagine Camargo is going to be part of the organization much longer. Clearly. They'll need to – the Cubs are going to get all the details before they make a final decision, but, yeah, that's this is bad. Not something we should be seeing, dealing with, hearing, all that fun stuff. Like, it's not anything you want to hear about during spring training, but obviously shouldn't impact the roster very much in terms of the Cubs' perspective. I hope Jesus Camargo gets the help that he needs with the situation, but clearly, uh, you know, you don't do something like that unless you absolutely need $500, uh, hopefully – Camargo gets the help that he needs here but um, switching to a more interesting or at least more exciting topic maybe not more interesting at least for baseball side of things uh, Cubs prospects the MLB pipeline released their top 30 prospects for each team for the Cubs I'll read off the top 10 here for you guys for the Cubs it's Braylon Marquez, Brennan Davis, Miguel Amaya, Christian Hernandez who I teased at the top of the show, Ed Howard, Cole Franklin, Edward Elzelay who probably shouldn't be Included as a um, a prospect at this point, but he is. Uh, Chris Morrill, Ryan Jensen, and Chase Strumpth round out that top 10. Just outside the top 10, though, two prospects in Reginald Perciato, Reggie Perciato, and Owen Cassie, two guys they got in the Padres deal for Yu uh, uh, Darvish at 11 and 12. Cole Rotor at 13. Uh, Keegan Thompson, who's getting the start today, he's at 15. Corey Abbott, Riley Thompson, Burl Calloway or er, Carraway, excuse me, on this list. And then we've got uh, Yesen Santana. Uh, I believe I saw uh, Ismail Mina. Yep, there he is as well on this list too. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's all four of the prospects in the top 25 for the Cubs that they got back in that deal with uh, the Padres for you. Darvish, that's big. We'll probably see these guys climbing more and more. I think Ismail Mina is going to find his way near the top 10. I think Yesen Santana will do the same as well. He's about the only prospect in that deal they got. Back that had some not major league experience but MLB you know minor league experience fall league experience whatever it may be they, they've played against major league players at the very least so um that's exciting I'm uh I'm looking at the top three here though Braylon Marquez Brennan Davis and Miguel Amaya those are all guys that should make their debuts probably sometime this year or next year um uh, they should be on this roster relatively quickly but you look at the rest of these guys I mean Aberdell's alive obviously should be in play for a rotation spot this year but the rest of these guys 2023 2024 uh Hernandez is a 2025 guy at Howard 2024 uh the Cubs have a pretty strong draft class brewing here from 2018 and as well as what they've been able able to add to that here and there um throughout this but um the Cubs are going to have a good system. I think they could find themselves in the top 15 possibly this year with how many guys I, I expect to maybe climb a little bit. Some guys are going to be graduating from the system, but there's guys behind uh, like an Albert Alzali, like Ryan Jensen or Keegan Thompson or, or Corey Abbott, who who might really benefit greatly from a full season in the minors after not really pitching very much. Cole Franklin, another one of those guys too as well. Burl Carraway, all these guys or arms that very easily could start sliding up these prospect lists because we're going to start finally seeing kind of the fruits of their labor, so to speak, from not playing all of last year. They've been able to work on a lot of different things. Now it doesn't always mean it translates to great success when you start playing these pitchers or start playing on a, you know, against other teams ultimately, but having a year to work on your slider, especially for, for players that were at that South Bend, you know, uh, satellite camp for the majority of last year. Those are some valuable moments that they were able to work with and, and, and really, you know, kind of work with true major league talented guys on this roster. Cause it was a weird combination of all of that. You had prospects, guys who, you know, they were putting on the satellite side to protect them from being, you know, possibly picked up in a rule five draft or what have you. So like, there was a lot of different type of players out there, but for the young guys that were getting a chance to play or, you know, to you know, pitch against a guy like Cam Mabin, you know, he's not necessarily a superstar, but that's a major league player. That's a guy who consistently finds himself in on a roster year in, year out. It's a big, big asset to have for those guys. So maybe we'll see some of these guys jump up on the prospect list. Maybe we'll see some of them drop uh, as they, they struggle. Maybe that'll happen, but I'm thinking the Cubs system is a little bit better than where they're at right now, which is 22 overall. Um, 22 overall, so I think rising to 15 or middle of the pack is very realistic and then we'll see what they're able to add from the draft this year and so on and so forth, but this system is starting to look up and up, which I I think is a good sign for the Cubs and ultimately a good thing for them in the future no matter what happens with extension talks but that is our show for today. We appreciate you guys sticking around as always. Make sure you subscribe to us on whatever podcast app you use, whether that's Google, Apple, Spotify, TuneIn app, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. If you ever listen to your podcast, subscribe, leave a five-star review. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean R Sears. You can follow uh, Lockdown Cubs on Twitter at Lockdown Cubs. Uh, but that is our show today. Before we go, do have a couple quick things. If you have not checked out the new Lockdown Live or Lockdown Today, excuse me, podcast, get all the sports you need in under 20 minutes with Lockdown Today podcast, hosted by Pete Bukowski. Updates. You on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Fall Lockdown Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. But it's a cool idea. Basically, Pete, Peter is hosting the show where he's bringing on other Lockdown hosts to talk about some of the major storylines for each day within a 20-minute show. So, pretty cool idea. I know some of the uh, some of the other uh, Lockdown hosts have gotten on there before. I know Lucas Smith was on right when the uh, the uh, Nolan Arenado trade was being finalized. A few other things like that. It's been cool to see. But check that out. But you guys enjoy the rest of your day, and as always, Go Cubs!